Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to First Act, a podcast from Koshi's Business Builders. I'm Seth Busby. And I'm Adam Bubb. And thank you for joining us. If it's your first time listening, Adam and I are editors who've probably interviewed thousands of people between us. A lot of people. (laughs) But on First Act, we take a deep dive into the origin stories of Australia's most fascinating movers and shakers in business and life. We hope you come away with a unique insight into where great ideas come from and the often bumpy roads we take to get there. Let's meet today's guest. Dr. Vincent Candra Juanita is the founder of Renovatio, one of Australia's most successful health and wellness plans. Now, since launching in 2016, he's grown it to become a world-leading business, and he's often referred to as the quirky scientist, but there is little doubt that Dr. Vincent's discovery of activated phenolics has improved the health and well-being of thousands of Australians. Dr. Vincent, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Dr. Vincent, we are excited to chat with you today. Uh, We always start our first act with an icebreaker. So this left field question for you today is, if you could have a super sense, which of the five senses would you want it to be? Sight, smell, taste, touch, or hearing? This is like super superhero level style. Yeah, I think it would be sight because um, I don't know. I always feel that my eyesight are not very good, even though it's actually 2020. And I also really think that uh, if I can have, having worked in the lab for so long, if I can have an eyesight that can go deep down to, you know, the level of microscopic level or even nano level, it would help my life. Like it would make my life so much easier in the lab because you wouldn't know how much, I mean, you can't probably imagine how, how much of a battle uh, in the lab if you actually want to use this uh, scanning electron uh, microscope. And if I can have a super eyesight, it would make my life so much easier. <laughs> you could prob- Dr. Vincent, human microscope. I love that because you could probably make a lot of scientific discoveries that would be, yeah. be faster to, to, to get to them if you had that microscopic eyesight. That's amazing. Yeah, and I also think that if you have super smell super smelling ability, I think that would be disturbing, probably. (laughs) Especially on flights. That's correct. Or train. Or, (laughs) I mean, that that is probably uh, one of my worry in terms of if I have a super smelling ability. But then again, I'm also a teeny tiny little bit too nosy to have super hearing ability. So yeah, definitely sight. (laughs) <laughs> That's a great answer. Now, Dr. Vincent, you're the founder of Australia's most successful and fastest growing health and wellness brand, Renovatio, which means new life in Latin. But entrepreneurship was not the original plan. Now, originally you were a food scientist and a clinical nutritionist. So where did your passion for food science come from? 
my mom used to be a pastry chef. So growing up, I was always helping her in the kitchen, uh, making, you know, baking and cooking and everything. And without knowing it at that time, all of these little things, like, for example, as a five-year-old or six-year-old, uh, when you whip egg white, it really changed the characteristic, the physical characteristic of, of the material into something completely different. And although at that time my, my mom couldn't really explain to me scientifically, it really intrigued me. It, it, it's, it really made me really interested in terms of pursuing the, this culinary or food uh, aspect from the scientific point of view. And without knowing uh, what I was going to do later on, I actually developed a really a strong interest. And luckily, I also have a really good palate. So when it comes to studying food science, I feel that I have an advantage of, of doing that. And not only that, I actually used to work as a taste tester when I, when, when I did my bachelor degree. It's an easy job. You get paid to eat and you feel in some form. And, you know, uh, you're actually learning by doing and get paid for it. But it's not until I sort of kind of worked with the farmers uh, when I was doing my honors degree that I developed uh, a further interest in, uh, from the perspective of nutrition. And that's because at that time, Australian apple farmers, they were struggling competing with imported goods because uh, imported apple juice and apple products, uh, they are so cheap that made our farmers um, unable to compete in terms of uh, the price. So what I was trying to do at the time was I was trying to look at it from a different aspect in terms of giving this added value to Australian uh, primary industries without having to screw the farmers on pricing. And I came up with the idea of investigating and doing a really lar large survey in terms of what Australian apples can offer that apples anywhere else in, in, in the world uh, cannot. And it came down to, this is really funny, at least to me, not growing up in Australia, I didn't know that orange is the name of a place. So apple from orange, I thought that we're doing some magic trick here. <laughs> but, you are turning oranges into apples? Apple? No, they are no. I know, I apples. thought that, that would be my claim to fame. They are apples from orange, just to be clear to anyone listening. Orange in New South Wales. That is correct. So uh, Orange is such a, a, a unique place uh, in terms of growing apples because it is cold at night because of the elevated uh, height. But during the day, it, it receives the full force of sunlight. So it really does stimulate the production of antioxidant in apples. But at the same time, because it's, it has volcanic soil, it has really good drainage. So to start with, you have a wonderful, very, very nutritious apples. And during my PhD degree, I invented a technology to activate these uh, health-benefiting compounds from apples without the use of any chemical solvents. So we only use water. We, we, we invented a technology to allow us to manipulate the behavior of water molecules, achieving uh, high-efficiency extraction and activation, and make it bioavailable, which means that our body can absorb it up to 97%. All right. So clearly you do believe an apple a day keeps the doctor away, and, and Renovadio seems to be proof of that. So you've already kind of dipped into it a little bit that you kind of 
discover the potential health benefits of apples whilst you're on this, you know, doing your undergraduate at the orchard, trying to help the farmers, taking a deep dive into the science of stuff. So what is it that you love about doing that kind of research? I think, um, well, we all we all probably are inspired by someone or something in life, but my parents always taught me uh, from, a, from a very young age that it is important to always grow in life and help make a difference. It doesn't really matter what you do, but you need to have something to offer, a uh, bit small, bit big, in terms of making this world or at least people around you to be happier. And this is the very reason why I wanted to go into science and be a scientist, because I really do feel that knowledge is power. And when I, back in 2012, when I first invented the technology, um, I never thought that this would turn into a business or uh, a, an enterprise. Well, I really thought that this is something that could really help people back home in Indonesia, because in Indonesia, fresh fruit is we're so lucky here in Australia that we have access to fresh fruit and vegetables like very, very easily. I mean, we complain about the price of lettuces and cabbage, but then it's nothing like that back home uh, where I grew up because it's almost like in Indonesia, um, I hope that it's, it, it gets better now, but it's almost like you can't be healthy unless you're wealthy. So I really hate the, the, this notion. So this is the reason why I went into health science to begin with. But my personal experience with my grandma was the turning point because when I went back uh, to Indonesia in 2012, I found that my grandma had, had, had been suffering from uh, arthritis in both of her knees. And unfortunately, at the time, um, my grandma's best friend, uh, my grandma was a dancer before, and his, her best friend was also a dancer. And then her best friend went under, underwent a knee replacement surgery. Unfortunately, it wasn't successful and her condition was worse than, than before the surgery. So my grandma was very, very hesitant and basically rejected the surgery. So I said to my grandma, I said that, look, I've been working on this substance. Uh, it had not been tested. It had not been proven, but it won't kill you. Would you like to try? <laughs> try this. I mean, that's important. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> that's important, right? <laughs> because, uh, well, well, you shouldn't... You, Especially your grandma. You shouldn't harm your grandma. Be part so, of my human said, trial, Granny. <laughs> yes. She was the first uh, person who actually, well, I've, tr I've tested myself, but she was the first real person who actually used it for the purported benefits, which is to reduce inflammation. So after I came back to Australia, I sent her some uh, samples in a plastic bag and she took it. And three months later, she came and visited me and my sister in Sydney and she was working walking from Haymarket all the way to Circular Quay. So we were talking uh, about someone who couldn't even climb the stairs before. And, and um, that brought me so much joy and satisfaction because being a dancer uh, when she was younger, she was very, very active. So uh, not only uh, her knees uh, were affecting her physical ability to move and cause her pain, it also affected her mental well-being, because she basically was confined to a wheelchair. And seeing the effect on my grandma was a, I mean, I feel that I've achieved something because it's one thing, your invention helping people in general, 
it's quite another thing, in my opinion, another level that that the first person that it helped it was your own grandma. I can relate to that a lot. I've seen how debilitating arthritis can be, um, you know, within members of my own family and what that. Because it robs you of your freedom. Exactly, exactly. It's that mental element too, you know, like being able to do that. But I think one of the things I want to kind of tap on is that I guess when people people listening might be like, okay, it sounds like a miracle cure, like a wonder drug, you know, there's a lot of different things out there. How did you have that breakthrough with activated phenolics, which I have to kind of get my get my mouth around as well? How did you have that breakthrough and how did you kind of realise that that was something that wasn't out there already and that was actually the real deal and not not kind of just another another thing that could be marketed, you know? So I think I think obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So I didn't notice when I was doing that, but I think me being slightly non-mainstream in my thinking, uh, both in my real life, personal life, I mean daily life, or or my life as a scientist, I think that helped me a lot because um, it is a general consensus among consensus among, among scientists that apples are the source of uh, really good antioxidants in the in the way that uh, that's the reason why people say an apple a day keeps doctor away. As a matter of fact, uh, an apple a day, the saying an apple a day keeps the doctor away is probably the only saying that exists in both Western and Eastern culture for, through generations. So people, generations before us, they know that apples, eating apples every day actually results in good health. They just couldn't explain it. So for the past 80 years, all the scientists who work in the antioxidant fields, they know that phenolic antioxidants uh, are like the holy grail of antioxidants. The issue is that they were so fixated in using technology at that time, or even some of them still using the same technology that has existed for maybe 80, 100 years, in terms of extracting these antioxidants. They use things like methanol, ethanol, acetone, because what they're trying to achieve is a high antioxidant concentration and content in the lab. However, the way that I approach this matter is that Something is not useful for your body unless your body can absorb it. When something, an extract, is being extracted and produced using chemical solvents, when you reintroduce it into your biological system, our body does not recognize it. That's the reason why typical antioxidant supplement, the absorption rate is only 3 to 5%. They can use all the marketing word and buzzwords about the strongest, the most powerful, but those are not scientific terms. Those are marketing terms. So. What I was trying to figure out at the time was that how do we process, extract, and produce this antioxidant the way that our body would recognize the end result? So instead of using all of those chemical solvents, I was using water. And not that everybody didn't think to use water. They did. However, water molecules are very different to those of chemical solvents. So instead of working on the on the solvents, I was working on the at the molecular level of water. So I managed to find a way that allow us to manipulate how the hydrogen and oxygen molecules work in the in water to be able to achieve the same efficiency that ethanol, methanol, acetone, or ether can, but in the form that our body recognizes. So instead of talking about the strongest, the most powerful antioxidant we use a scientific term, which is the most potent 
because potency can be defined scientifically. And I strongly believe that this is the reason why the extract is much more useful to human than any other extract in the world. That's interesting, potency versus powerful. Like I'd, I'd never really considered that when you're in the supermarket and you're buying vitamins, you should be looking for the potency of the vitamins. Well, you think about how there's even like with environmental kind of uh, marketing, there's there's greenwashing, but then in the health food industry, there's sort of, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, there's superfood, like mm. the, the, the superfood washing kind of thing. I like think claims that are made when, and I think what you've what you've kind of kind of opened our eyes to here is that this is something that has been, uh, you know, that scientists have known for many, many, many years the the power of apples. Uh, we know it's ingrained yeah. in us from when we're kids. We know we know that you must eat your apples. So it's something we know. But like like a lot of good entrepreneurs, um, and as we're about to touch on the fact that you you know not necessarily see yourself as a born entrepreneur either, but you've become an entrepreneur because you've got this really great idea. You're an inventor. That you're someone who you can't. You're the first person to. You may not be the first person to do the these sort of tests, but you are the first person to be able to create this brand and actually be able to market that and get that out to people and get this message out there. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, you, you mentioned something that really uh, piqued me just now because, Adam, you said that I was not a born entrepreneur. And I think, I think that is actually a, an advantage that I had that a lot of entrepreneurs do not have because I, do not, I did not have this pressure or or motivation to make money and to, to actually make it successful commercially when I started. And that's the reason why uh, the name of the product is Activated Phenolics. It's something that people, most people can't really pronounce, let alone spell. And the name of our company is Renovatio. For the first six months when we, when we started, people thought that we we're either a construction company or a design interior company because people thought that because English is not my first language, I forgot to put an N at the end of the word. So, <laughs> oh, uh, what? You would have had the same reaction. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't really care and I stuck to my gun because the word renovatio means a lot to me. It was inspired by my grandma because renovatio in Latin, as you said just now, means new life. And it is the, the mission of renovatio to give people a new life in the way that they're healthier and happier. And fortunately for me, this whole mission resonates really well with, with, with our customers. And uh, they, are, they are the ones that I owe my success and the company success to because when they use the product, it is so life-changing that they tell their friends and family. And, and, and I think there is, it's a little bit, to me at least, it's a little bit um, a, a full circle moment because it is something that is so organic and so grassroots uh, when it comes to the progression of our company. Now, when you started Renovatio, as um, Adam's mentioned, you're not a born entrepreneur so uh, and you were a scientist, food scientist, so obviously you had no business experience. So it must have been a very steep learning curve. What, what were the main challenges you faced in bringing the product to market? It took us eight months from me founded the company uh, in 2015 to first product in one store in, in Queen's Victoria building in Sydney. Uh, there was no one challenge that really stick out uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of 
turning myself from a scientist into an entrepreneur or businessman. But what I have to say that it is about the discipline. I think it has very, obviously, you have to be disciplined in every aspect of life, including being a scientist. But being an entrepreneur requires different soft kind of style of discipline. Because when you're in the lab, you know that there's there's almost a guarantee if you do the same thing a thousand times, a thousand times, you can actually draw a conclusion. It's almost like you are a guarantee you have a guarantee result. Whereas as an entrepreneur, you, there, there is no guarantee. I really think that uh, this is probably the profession that has the most, the highest amount of uncertainties. So the discipline lies within myself in terms of I have to be able to pick myself up. I have to be able to keep motivating myself. And I, I, I believe that being a dreamer is good. Uh, I really believe in the importance and power of dreams. But I was, I was taught to be a doer because a lot of people think that, you know, I wish or I hope or I want to do this. And that's great. Um, the, the whole research started because everybody in the world at that time wanted to find a cure or a treatment for pancreatic cancer. But they, they couldn't just yet, and I hope they will very soon. When I went into the clinical uh, nutrition of aspect of the research, instead of wanting, instead of having this really big dream, I started small because I thought that, well, while all of you amazing scientists are working on the cure, let me work on how to improve the quality of life of people after they have been diagnosed with pancreatic cancers. So I, I think the biggest challenge as, a, as an entrepreneur is to, to keep your eyes on the prize, but at the same time, motivating yourself when what you're envisioning is not happening just yet. So I, I, I think that's probably the biggest challenge that I have when I sort of kind of repurpose all of my training from being a scientist into the real business world. I think that's probably a challenge many people face, keeping that motivation going, maintaining the passion and being a doer rather than a <laughs> dreamer. I mean, dreaming is important. You have to dream, you have to dream right? Because at the end of the day, uh, if you don't dream, then life is dull. But uh, you have to wake up after you dream and uh, take a shower and fight for your dreams. All right, we'll be back with more from Dr. Vincent after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with Dr. Vincent. Now, Dr. Vincent, your products are now stocked in leading supermarket chains, Woolies and Coles, uh, which is pretty impressive for a challenger brand. How, how did you go about achieving this? We got into Woolworths because I went into a conference in which I was speaking from the perspe- perspective of health. And at that time, I, I, remember, I remember vividly how nervous I was and how quote unquote small, I felt because 
everybody else was from Mars, Arnott's, all of these big brands, HelloFresh, and, and all these uh, corporate people. I never thought of myself as a corporate person. So I basically so kind of ha- had to psych myself and say that, come on, Vincent, you, you can't be anyone else but you. And that's what I, that's what I, I did. I, I, I went to the stage and gave my presentation uh, being myself. And I remember making uh, a couple of jokes. One of the jokes was about Nicole Kidman, which I will not repeat now because everybody says that it's actually not funny. But I didn't really care because... <laughs> now I, now I need to know what it is. You need to test it out on us. Yeah. No, no, no. Guess who found it funny? The managing director of Woolworth Supermarkets. And she waited for me after my talk uh, on the side of the stage. And I remember that uh, a few people were actually wanting to talk to me. And I could see her probably fourth in line. And I was talking with um, the guy who owns or oversees uh, spinach in Australia. So every single spinach leaf that you have uh, or you purchase literally goes through him. And in my mind, I was thinking that I didn't mean to be rude, but I really need to talk to Claire, which is at the time the managing director of the World Supermarket. I didn't know what I said to basically you know, make the process really chat really quick. And I, I spoke to her and she basically said that, look, it's really interesting Interesting what you're talking about. We would like to talk to you. And three months later, uh, we went to Woolworths and Woolworths said that, okay, you're not Woolies ready, but we're going to help you. Uh, within uh, two months, we got approved and we started with two products, two SKUs in, I think, 900 stores. So basically almost almost full range. And uh, from then on, we grew uh, in the category, in the vitamins category. And then we grew within the supermarket by adding a new category, which is uh, skincare. And then we got into uh, Kohl's and now we're in Amazon. So everything happened from that uh, one little joke that I did, which apparently everybody didn't think it was funny. <laughs> so thanks, Nicole Kidman, for whatever that Thank joke you, Nicole you Kidman. About. Yes. <laughs> 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 Should be coming for you. <laughs> yeah, well, please, if you are listening to this, I would love to send you some products because you, I really did owe this soft kind of first meeting with Woolies because you probably have talked to a lot of people and you know how hard it is to, to just get a meeting. And this is the reason why majority of people who are in uh, supermarkets, Coles, Woolworths, or uh, IGA, they work through a distributor because the distributor already had that underlying kind of system and relationship. And we we didn't. We we still don't. We distribute our own products. We manufacture, distribute, and sell our own products. And um, that is something that I didn't know before, that it was something that is not the norm in the industry. But I feel that that gives us an advantage because we are cutting the middleman not only because of the money, because, you know, obviously... By cutting the middleman, we can actually offer the saving to our customers because, again, uh, I still do not forget the mission of the company, which is to make people healthier and happier. And that's the reason why the name is Renovati. So when when we become a really, when we become a unicorn, the, the, the core of the business remains the same because it is basically on the door. 
You've spoken in some interviews before about your quirky habits and how they've helped you achieve success. And like, for instance, like Jeff Bezos and Oprah Winfrey, you eat the same thing for breakfast every day. Now, I don't know how you can do that, but but what is it? And why do you think eating the same thing is an effective habit? I've been doing it for the past, what, 10, 12 years. And um, the reason why I started was actually not that fancy. The reason why I started is because I was a poor student. It's two eggs. I, I, I've been eating two eggs for breakfast for the past 10, maybe 12 years uh, in my life because uh, eggs are easy. Uh, they are cheap. They are healthy. And uh, they're, also, they're also something that, that makes you feel that you have a routine and ritual in the morning. I I don't know whether this is true or not, but uh, I think I was probably watching Martha Stewart and and she said that the first test that a chef, a chef must pass when they when they apply for a job in in France like in a French restaurant is to make an omelet. And I challenged myself at that time to make an omelet, and I feel that there is a lot to learn from from making an omelet now that I'm I'm an entrepreneur because making an omelet it, it teaches you. Um, Patience, it teaches you to be adaptable because sometimes when you make omelette and then the telephone rings, it becomes scramble egg, but it's fine. So <laughs> I really think that uh, having this ritual in the morning helps to ground you because as I said before, being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of uncertainty. So at the very least, I start my day with the same thing. Now, you're also said to be a big fan of skipping. How does skipping impact your mental well-being? It is much better than running because... Uh, <laughs> I disagree. I prefer running. Yeah. But anyway, we yeah, can no, agree to disagree. You would say that, but <laughs> I can't really run. I, I, I tried to, and I did I did for a while when I was uh, living in the city around Hyde Park, but it's really hard for me to, to be consistent with running. Whereas with skipping, so the way that I do my skipping every day, I do 2,000 skips every day. And sometimes... I finish it in 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes me 30 minutes to finish it, but I don't feel I don't feel that I'm failing when I don't do it in 10 minutes because I still do 2000 skips. And and having that sense of achieving and completing a task every day for me is very therapeutic. For my mental well-being, it makes me feel that yep, I've done this. I I've I've committed to do it to doing it every day and I've done that. It doesn't matter whether it takes me five minutes or or, or thirty minutes, but I count it two thousand done. <laughs> There's no teddy bear, teddy bear touch the ground for you. It's all business. Skip, 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 skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it really it really helped. I mean, uh people have different reasons uh as to why they're exercising regularly. And for me, it's to allow for, uh, you know, the calorie for me to, the calorie deficit for me to eat because I love food. And I think it's, it's, it, is, it is the funny thing in life that uh, before when I, in my 20s, when my metabolic rate is really, really high, I didn't really have the, the financial freedom to taste and test all of these amazing foods. And now that I'm in my 30s, when the metabolic rate starts to slow down, I actually have the financial capability to access all of these good foods and good uh, drinks and everything. So to to offset that, I have to exercise now. That's so funny because you you were talking about being a taste tester early on. That was that was what like in in, in your twenties, right? So you were able to taste 
some things then, but it's a very yes. different job. It's a very different undertaking, like when you're actually from being paid to taste things to uh, <laughs> being able to choose what you want to eat and what you want to taste. That, yeah, and after, I mean, say I'll give you an example. It's chocolate cake, right? But you're testing 12 different types of chocolate cake. And you have to like really pick the difference between all the 12 samples. So yeah, you're right. It's very different. Well, that, I mean, that I'm just thinking about all that cake now. Like, you, you would <laughs> I feel, know, I know. You feel sick. I always <laughs> see them on MasterChef when they have to test like their 24, top 24 contestants and they have to test, like they the just keep on testing dishes. I'm just thinking, what if you're just having a day where you're, you're just not hungry or you you just don't feel like it. That's that's just not part of the job. So I don't know, maybe there's there's not maybe the taste tester thing is a it sounds better than it actually is. It is a real job, let me tell you that. <laughs> it is a real job and as a student it paid really well. Well, I wonder I might, I mean, there might be people listening here who are wondering how to get into taste testing. Is this something that's is this like a job that's advertised on, you know, on job ad websites or is it among university students? Is that how you found out about it? Yeah, I found out about it uh, uh, from a company that we did a field trip to as a student uh, when I was doing my field science degree. And I I inquired uh, with, uh, with the office coordinator at the time and then uh, every Friday, every second Friday, sorry, every second Friday, uh, I did this job. And I think, you know, um, it is very interesting because I learned a lot about the the organoleptic, the sensory aspect of food because it's very different uh, from, say, my, my my mom's business when it comes to just, when I say just, I didn't mean to undermine it, but when you sell fresh fruit compared to packaged fruit because there's so many more different factors that you have to consider when you are selling your uh, your packaged fruit. Food. For example, when you sell a box cake, uh, you know, the ready-made cupcake, for example, you all, you have to make it fancy enough so that people uh, feel that they're achieving something uh, when they're making it. But you also have to make it foolproof enough so that uh, slight variation between recipes and the way that you whisk it, the way that you mix it, will still yield the same result. Right. There's so much there about like how to standardize it or mass produce it, which I guess is something that you've learned for your own business. That's correct. That's very, very true, Adam. I think we've just got time for one last question. So I'm wondering what advice would you have for anyone else who has a purpose-driven brand or a business idea who maybe wants to make an impact on the world around them? Start with a good heart. I firmly believe in having a good heart in everything that you do. A lot of people say that uh, you have to be cutthroat, you have to be competitive, or you have to be fierce in, in, in pursuing your dreams, which I agree to a point. However, at the end of the day, when you start something with, with a good heart and good intention, I really do think that the universe around you conspires to, to, to support you. And not only that, at the end of the day, you go, you go home, you, you're, you feel happy about what you have done. And I, there, there has been a lot of disappointment or no's or rejection, or some people might call it failures in my life, be it as a scientist or as an entrepreneur. But what makes me feel that I can still do it is because I know exactly what I want to achieve. I know exactly how I want to achieve it. And having that good intention as the foundation of 
your journey is very important because in my opinion, it is, while it is good to be an important person, it is much more important to be a good person. Good intentions go a long way. We don't want any of those rotten apples. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you I, had to go there. I had to. I, I knew I had one more apple pun in me for today. Since you took a few, a few of them earlier, says. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Head to askdrvincent.com or renovatio.com.au. That is spelt R-E-N-O-V-A-T-I-O. So renovation without the N. .com.au to find out more about today's incredible guest and his game-changing business. Thank you, Dr. Vincent. We have loved finding out about your first act. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honour. And thank you for listening uh, to another fascinating episode of First Act. We have another one coming for you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.